Welcome back to The Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about creating safety for hard talks. Danielle was reluctant to broach the elephant in the room with her boss, Carrie. Weeks ago, Carrie had offered her a substantial change in position. The benefits attached to this offer were significant, but there were downsides too. It would mean leaving her international post, which she adored, and she would have to take on more management functions and have fewer leadership functions. She was torn. Now, at the U.S. corporate headquarters for one of her periodic two-week whirlwinds, she and Carrie had been together a lot, and they had talked about a lot of things, but amazingly, neither of them had brought up the offer. Danielle and I had stolen time off her calendar to get together for lunch. She and I often got together during her headquarter visits. I'd coached her many years earlier, just before she took the international position. But those conversations rarely held the urgency this did. Now, precious days were ticking by, and the avoidance was becoming a distraction. She said, I just have to talk with him about it before I go back. It'll be ridiculous if I don't. What's stopping you, I asked. From just bringing it up? I don't know. I guess because I know how uncomfortable he gets during those sorts of talks. I've seen it. He stops listening and he agrees to almost anything just so he can get out of there. But the agreements don't stand up later, so everything has to get discussed again. I'd rather avoid that. It's not worth it. What else, I asked. What else what? What else stops you from talking to Carrie about the new role? She had thought she was done, but now she stopped. She cocked her head, scanning her files. Finally, she said, Nothing else, really. My thinking is clear. I, I know what I want to tell him. I'm fine if he wants to negotiate, but I bet he won't. And if we don't negotiate, I can't trust he'll do what he says. I could really screw myself if I make this move and he doesn't keep his word. I understood her caution. A lot would be at stake if she took this new role. She gave an angry little snort. <laughs> you know what makes me mad at myself? This feels like a failure of leadership, to flinch this badly about my own career? I mean, what kind of leader am I if I can't have a difficult conversation with my boss? I shrugged, saying, no argument from me. Will you answer me a question honestly, she asked. Probably. Do you flinch like I'm flinching? Well, I used to, sure. Of course, who doesn't? If you'd have asked me at the time, I would have told you I was the silent, tortured king of flinching. Drifting to her own thoughts, she said, But not any more. Not as much, I replied. She thought, then nodded yes to some question she had asked herself and said, I want to learn whatever you learned. Do you have a lesson plan already on how not to flinch? I suppose, I said, or at least I can make one up. <laughs> Spoken like a consultant, she laughed. I took a breath and launched. Here's my first idea, Danielle. Let's start with one word. Safety. If things aren't safe, the difficult conversation will be shallow. Things have to be safe. Safe for whom, she asked. Well, you tell me. I guess us both. 
Okay, I said. But I can't really make it safe for him, can I? She asked. I don't know what's going to feel safe to him. That's a good point, so let's start with you. What's it going to take to make things feel safe for you to have this conversation? She barely thought before saying, I want to know that whatever he agrees to now, he'll actually be doing a year from now. I don't want him to say yes unless he's going to keep his word. That's what would make it safe for you. If I knew that, yeah, I'd feel 100% safe. So your safety's going to depend on something he does or doesn't do. She thought and then said, That's flawed thinking, isn't it? Flawed how, I asked. Well, saying I won't feel safe unless he does such and so, that feels like my safety is in his control, but I'm the only person who can control my safety, right? That is elegantly thought through, Danielle. She smiled, then put her chin down and took a breath. Okay, let me take another crack at how to make myself feel safe. She paused, then said, I guess just accepting that he's probably going to do whatever he always does, and if he does, well, I don't have to say yes. She put down her fork and played with her napkin while she thought. After a while, she said, This is a great question to ask myself. What can I do so I'll feel safe? I should ask myself before I talk with Stephanie. Stephanie, her teenage daughter, had just entered a difficult phase. She continued, What can I do that would make it safe for me to talk to her? This question is going to be really helpful to me. Picking up her fork again, she said, But enough about me and my safety. What about me and his safety? Can I ever make it safe for him? Well, I think you can try, I answered. There are two ideas I use all the time to help create safety. No, they're more than just ideas. They're like scripts. Great. Teach me what to say, both of them. Okay. Before I dive in, though, I have to say that both these scripts live in the same file drawer. (laughs) She laughed at my metaphor. Okay, and what's this file drawer labeled? Meta-conversation. I stopped talking. She thought a second and said, Not what gets said, but how things get said, right? You got it. In order to use either of these tools, you have to keep some of your attention on what's actually happening in the room in real time. That's the how part. How is this conversation going right this minute? She smiled at me, saying, I've gotten better at paying attention to what's happening in the room, but it's not always easy to remember. Of course, I wasn't really doing it at all before I met you. I laughed. Well, brace yourself. Here comes more. Bring it on, she said. Okay. The two scripts are titled Intention and Reflection. In the first one, You get to talk about what's important to you, and you can think that out ahead of time. In the second one, you're all in real time reflecting whatever's happening in the room. She asked, even if what's happening in real time is about me, like I'm getting angry? Sure, yeah, it's always going to be about you. She gave a little laugh. Really? It's all about me? Oh, then I think I like this. Well, you should, I said. But seriously, think about it. Reflection is always through your lens. You can't reflect anything but through your lens. Oh, I see. So anything I notice, like, it looks like you're getting upset, or I notice that I'm feeling anxious, or whatever I notice, I can notice it out loud. Right. That's reflection. She gave a little bark of a laugh. 
<laughs> Reflection was second, but we did it first. How meta of you to notice, Danielle. So why does my reflecting things make anything safe? Ah, that's where the script kicks in. So first I notice something. Hey, gee, Danielle, you seem to be getting anxious. Or, gee, Carrie, we seem to be avoiding talking about this new position. Whatever. Then... I have to either speak my own honest thoughts about my observation, or I have to allow you to speak your own honest thoughts first, and then I'll speak mine. Oh, it's that kind of script, she said. You're not going to give me words. You're going to give me a blank I have to fill in. Right. First you reflect something, then you talk openly about that, and you invite the other person to talk openly, too. And that's why it's safe, she said, because the talking has already begun. I get it. That's nice. She signaled for the check and said, So what about intention? Oh, intention. Well, this is like an old friend. I love intention. Oh, good. I can't wait, she said. One nice thing about intention is that you can think it out ahead of time. Ask yourself, What's my real intention? Why am I having this conversation at all? What do I want for myself? And what do I want for the other person? What do I really want here? I looked at her and asked, For you, Danielle, why do you want to talk with Carrie about the position? Without the slightest breath, she shot back, Because I'm not going to uproot my family and put a bomb in my career if he's going to change his mind a year from now. Danielle, you just spoke your intention. She stopped. I saw her rewind her words. After a quick analysis, she said, But how would I say that as an intention? I modeled it for her. Carrie, I want to be clear about my intentions here. My intention is to do what's best for my family, and it's my intention to protect my career. Those two things are really important to me. She nodded, processing. I see why that would create a sort of safety. It's me speaking honestly. About your intention, I said. And then I changed tone. Then there's the inverse intention statement. I use that one all the time. This is where you get to say what your intention is not. Dripping a bit of venom, she smiled, like, It's not my intention to bring up that time you really screwed me about the software decision. I laughed. No, it's not quite like that. But look, if that's what I was thinking, I might say, it's not my intention to talk about this in a historical context. My intention is to focus on the future. I'd say what my intention isn't and what it is. That's nice, she said. What my intention is not. I never thought of that. I often use it as part of reflection. Here's a real example. There's someone I know who's just amazingly defensive. Her voice gets high and her shoulders go up and her face gets all stretched like bad plastic surgery. Pretty picture, she said. Instead of reflecting to her, hey, you seem to be getting defensive, which would only cause her to get even more defensive, I'll say, it's not my intention to be on the attack or to challenge you in any way. She'll usually get a little defensive about that for a minute, but it lets the air out of things. She nodded, saying, it makes things safe. It makes things safe, I agreed. As she signed for lunch, she summarized our conversation. There really are just three questions to ask, right? What's going to make it safe? Why am I having this conversation? 
and what's going on in the room right now, and then talk honestly about the last two. Or maybe all three, I suggested. Yeah, maybe, she agreed. And if you do all that, you know what you get, I asked. What, she asked. The look and sound of leadership. The point of this podcast was to put a big idea in your head. If you need to have a hard conversation with someone, yes, of course, it's really important that you figure out what you want to say. But you also have to pay attention to how things get said. I've talked in the past about how infectious emotions are. They can hijack us so quickly, we don't even know we've been taken hostage. And when that happens, we lose the meta-conversation. We lose our ability to pay attention to how things are being said. And without an awareness of the how, things probably won't be as safe as they could be. And if things aren't safe, they won't go deep. And if they don't go deep, they probably won't stick. Look, I know most people aren't eager to have hard conversations, but you can't be an effective leader unless you're able to be successful at hard conversations. So the tools I'm talking about here are crucial for you to get into your tool belt. And the great thing is you can practice them anytime. You don't have to wait for a hard conversation. You can practice reflection and intention any old time. If you're listening to your partner or friend talk about something important, Notice how the story comes out and reflect that back. Hey, gee, it sounds like you felt good about that. Or, hey, gee, it sounds like that was rough. And you can state your intention about most anything. Like, I'm going to stop at the gym before I come home. It's not my intention to change our dinner plans, but I really want to make an investment in my health. Here in this podcast, that might sound a little stilted, but practicing new behaviors in low-risk settings when there's not much at stake it gives you a little confidence. And then when the stakes are high, you've already got some miles under your belt. The archives of the Look and Sound of Leadership are full of scripts and tools to help you communicate more effectively. Five other episodes you might listen to are Dealing with Emotional Responses, A Difficult Conversation, Discussing Difficult Behaviors, Handling Defensive Behaviors, and three words you should never say. If you want to really dig deeper on how to have hard talks, there are two terrific books. From the Harvard Negotiation Project is a book called Difficult Conversations. The authors are Stone, Patton, and Heen. And from the folks at Vital Smarts is Crucial Conversations. The authors are Patterson, Grenny, McMillan, and Switzler. Both books are great. Lots of scripts, lots of insights, lots of tools. Speaking of tools, this episode is being posted as we head into fall. Many leaders are beginning to think about delivering performance reviews to their team. The episode of The Look and Sound of Leadership about performance reviews has lots of tools to help your performance reviews be more effective. And if you need to brush up on your feedback skills, there are lots and lots of episodes about that. You can find past episodes on the Essential Communications website, EssentialCom.com. It's EssentialCom with two M's, dot com. Use the search bar or select the tab called Coaching Tips to go into the archive. Every executive coaching tip going back to 2005 is there for you anytime. Please help yourself. This month, more reviews got posted on iTunes, 
Someone by the name of Reviewer JY posted a review that said in part, Once you start listening, you'll be tempted to listen to as much as possible as soon as possible. Don't. Give each episode enough time to sink in. You and your team will be better for it. Reviewer JY, thanks. And for everyone who posts a review, thanks. I can't say enough how important the reviews are to help other listeners find the podcast. If the look and sound of leadership has been the least bit helpful to you, posting a review is a great way to express your gratitude. As for me, I'm grateful every day to be in touch with so many of you. It is such a pleasure. I really love hearing from you. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening.